In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. It's dark outside, so it's time for us to start our night shift. And over here running for cell president is Laura House. So, Laura, (laughs) is Night Shift a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade? Should be. Yay! Hey, did I get it right? Yeah, we have a purpose. Night Shift should be remade. Because as far as I know, it's never been remade. I mean, they yep. had a Night Shift TV show, but that was entirely unrelated. And it, there are no announcements that it will be. So I'm no. perfectly down with should No be. one talks about it. It's one of my yeah. all-time favorite movies. It, it's, a, it's, it's a diamond in the rough. An, an, yes. It's an, it's an uncelebrated gem. in the rough. <laughs> in the rough. So before we get too deep, Laura, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, me? Yeah. Um, I, Who are we listening to? <laughs> uh, I, Laura House, I started, I'm from Texas. I'm from a little town. I'm from Grand Prairie, Texas, which is a little town outside of Dallas, um, which most people have heard of. And <laughs> um, I just always loved TV and just wanted to be in that box. And my parents, very normal people, Mom was a teacher. Dad worked for City Hall. And they were like, no. <laughs> but I was I was like, oh. And uh, after college, I, I got a regular normal job. I taught seventh grade. And I did stand-up at night. And I just hoped I could transition into comedy. Like, I'm just obsessed with comedy. And then I was on a MTV show, Austin Stories, and brought me to L.A. And... I, I still perform and do some stand-up, but I, I mostly write for TV shows. So I've written for the George Lopez show and Mom, Chuck Lorre's mom on CBS. And right now I'm actually sitting in Ireland, um, uh, <laughs> in Northern, in Narn Iron, in Northern Ireland, um, because I'm show running a UK kids show called Secret Life of Boys. Which is awesome, but I also just realized that means that I think you're the most remote podcasting guest I've yet had. So that's super yeah. What I win? <laughs> Confetti falls on me. Wow! Oh, no. This is incredible. I have to clean up so much confetti. <laughs> but so it, what a this, fun this, honor! This, <laughs> this is uh, one of your favorite comedies. When did do you remember when you first saw Night Shift? I do, but I. You know, I might as well hand you my birth certificate if you're going to get into when I when I first saw it. But I, it, me and my friend Hillary, one of my best friends since um, sixth grade, still friends. And during the pandemic, we like talk every weekend um, now. So that was a weird upside of that. But we we quoted it all through like like high school. We were just there. We just, and it wasn't, it wasn't like everyone was doing that. It wasn't it, like every, like everyone quotes Star Wars and everybody quotes Monty Python, but like not everybody was quoting Night Shift, but we were like, this is Chuck telling Bill to shut up. Rewind sound to shut up. Rewind. Like we, we just love like, Hey, you like music? Yeah. All right. Like we, we were obsessed with Michael Keaton. 
Mr. Mom night. It was the age of Michael Keaton before Batman, just funny, adorable Michael Keaton, never seen anything like him. And just night shift, like blew our minds. And again, like it just, history has not been kind, not even not kind. It's just overlooked. It's just not considered a great movie. And we just nonstop just thought it was funny. Hey, I'm an idea man. Hey, I can't, can't (laughs) stop him. Even if I, you know why they kicked me out? I was too good. He got kicked out of gambling. I was too good. Oh, note to self and like carrying a recorder. Note to self. Why don't you mix mayonnaise right in the in the can of tuna? Wait, back that feed mayonnaise right to the tuna. Call Starkist. Come on. <laughs> we were just like this, like teenage as teenage girls who were just yeah. talking about boys and Duran Duran. We're like, uh, uh, no, no, no. we're like Bill Blazjowski, <laughs> and they were pro- prostitution. Lady, what does it even mean? Pros. Doesn't, doesn't really mean anything. Tit, two, tit, you you get that. Shun, to say no, to push away. Thanks, but no thing. Doesn't really belong in this word. Prostitution. <laughs> May I see your breast? What? Ugh, we love it. <laughs> That's my act out of Night Shift. We loved it so much. So that was my, still, if I called, if I called the Hillary right now, she's that kind of friend. If I just started quoting it, like, that's just what we would do for an hour. I mean, I definitely had those friends in high school, too. So, like, Night Shift was your family guy or Simpsons or whatever. It was just the show that you're just constantly quoting at each other. Yeah. I love it. That's One amazing. I also loved Strange Brew with Bob and Doug McKenzie. Oh, That's I don't my know era. that one. Oh, I should just make a list of... A, Things I need to a watch. A generation ago movie that you, you should <laughs> see. You should see the, like... Because there are, like, you... Like when I think of old, old movies, like in, in your head, unless you really study film, you go, oh, I guess Charlie Chaplin was the only person who made movies during that period or what, <laughs> you know, like only a few survive the right. memories of, you know, f- history. So it's like, yeah, there's all these movies that you, of course, yeah, you never would have heard of. The, well, what's crazy is there's, it's often the case on this show that I'll watch a movie that I either have never heard of or just haven't seen before. But this is a rare instance where I have seen this movie. And I was trying to think of how I first saw this movie. Mm. And what's funny is this has actually come up a couple times. But um, when I first moved to L.A., I got Netflix for the first time. Uh And all of a sudden, a whole world of movie possibilities opened to me. Oh, that's so funny. Did you you search for Ron Howard? (laughs) And then you're like, what's this? I, I legitimately don't know how it came up. But my guess is through Michael Keaton some way. But even mm. that, I, like, it may have like it may have been a suggestion after I watched Batman for the first time. Like, oh, oh okay. well, or no, I I feel like I was listening to some other podcast and they were like, oh yeah, Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton in Night Shift, and I was like, oh, all right, <laughs> let me look it up and add it to my queue. And then at some point, a DVD of Night Shift showed up in the mail, and I watched it. Yeah, I think for. And I, again, I hate to differentiate generations because you just, nobody wants to be the old lady, but it was for my generation, I think that was so close to happy days. It was a particularly fun thing to see. You see Fonzie as like a nebbish, you know, like that had, Mm -hmm. like now he plays those characters. It's not that big a deal, but like that was the first we'd seen him not. Fonzie 
and just the fact that he could obviously he's an actor, but you just you kind of couldn't believe it. And now you kind of can't believe he was Fonzie. <laughs> you know, you're just right. you're like, oh, my like, of course, you're this, you know, polite, very sweet Jewish guy. And then it's like, wow, <laughs> you were the you were this Italian stallion. Like what? He he handled the shift into aging very well, I think. Oh, yeah, no, lovely. And this was great because it wasn't even about aging. It was just like, okay, I'm done with that role. I'm doing something else. The yeah. fact, and, and for us, too, that like Ron Howard was directing, it was still not his first movie, but it was still fairly early. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, what the fact that Richie Cunningham was directing Fonz, but he was playing like a, a, like a scared guy. And it was like, like, I think there was like an extra layer for us that was super fun. Well then plus. Oh, and Shelly Long from Cheers. Come on. This was her, when she left Cheers, it was like the biggest deal of the moment. And it was like, I'm going to be a movie star. And then she was in night shift and then (laughs) a couple of other things. And then mm, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) She's good in this. <laughs> no, she's great. Yeah, she's great. But like, it's weirding me out to cast her as as a prostitute. Yeah. I, think I mean, that if that's what you want, I, I think if you want to like, like, I want to do something very different from the kind of character yep. I'm playing in Cheers. I'll play a prostitute, but you know, the nice one. Yeah, the, exactly. The nice, the nice and proper. An intellectual one. doesn't really belong there. You know, like the way I was an intellectual, I didn't really belong at that bar in Boston. Oh, yeah. Oh, same. Uh, mm, interesting. What kept weirding me out is her name in the movie is uh, Belinda Keaton. And they kept like Belinda Keaton right next to Michael Keaton. And I kept being yeah. like, come up with another last name. It's it so was- easy. <laughs> I know. How, how hard name. is it to go? Maybe now that we've cast him, you know, she can be Jennings. Like, is there just some other name? Her last name is literally not relevant to the nope. script at all. Didn't need to know it at all. It. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, superfluous but you a pimp you more like a wimp all right just the lines from night shift are coming (laughs) back to me so then with that in mind let's talk about what we would need to do because if we're remaking it we're remaking it today yeah how would you remake a movie like night shift today that's what i was it's such an interesting question at the heart of your podcast which you know that's why you do it but it was like because, you know, I was between a couple of movies and I was like, well, to me, like gig economy story wise, it's, you know, you can have two people like the Bill Blaze Jowski mm-hmm. hustler, the guy with five jobs, the guy who, you know, you're always looking for like side hustle guy. He's been doing Uber. He's been, you know, even when he comes in, he could have like the five jobs and he's yeah. like, oh, and then this morgue thing came up. Um, then that really fuels his big idea for like, you know, let's make it a brothel. Mm -hmm. Even if he's already an Uber driver, like I'll drive, I'll pick people up. We'll do it like this, you know? I mean, I love the idea of an Uber, uh, bumper sticker on the back of a hearse. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. That would be a great, like, no, it's a, or if he's, yeah, that's really funny. he alters it because it's normally like the U for Uber. And then he adds two lines to make it an H. <laughs> you know, but, and I wonder too, if like that would have been another one of his crazy ideas, like, you know, weird car Uber, you know, like, yeah. cause they it's have already like weird car prom pickup. Yes, exactly. Since like, you know how 
you know, driving apps have, you know, you can get the ex the big car, the nicer car, the whatever, like, what about a hearse? Nobody thought of a hearse. Like it was just another one of his like Everyone loves ideas. something spooky. Halloween's more popular than ever. Yeah, I love that he, and I, I love that he's like, it's basically, the idea that a hearse is basically a limo, and Henry Winkler, a limo for dead people. It still works. So fun to me. Um, yeah. Also, I have a friend who likes to buy ridiculous things at auctions, like boats, like he bought like a houseboat, and just to party on, he's that guy. This was a few years ago, He's he's calmed down a little. Don't we all have this friend? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> certainly. Yes, exactly. And if you don't, you are that friend. Um, but he did buy a hearse at an auction and he was like, to take my friends to concerts and stuff. It's And I was like, I didn't think he'd seen that shit, but he had like, this is a guy who turned a, a horse trough into a hot tub. Like it's called a hillbilly hot tub, propane oh, tanks, <laughs> horse trough on top of cinder blocks. Yeah. Yeah. So he actually uh, did the Bill Blaze Jow scheme. Clearly. That's that's wild. Like, that, <laughs> like the thing is that for the most part, just about all of the characters still feel very relevant. Like even the, Ch- the, the Chuck Henry Winkler character of being like the guy who can't really say no, just kind of gets pushed around. Like that's very current and relevant and it's still a legitimate thing. Like those two characters make sense to me. I think but so then, too. like, the actual oh. premise of the movie we get into gets a little bit tougher. Now, th- at the same time, I also think that this movie does a lot of things. It's, like, it's very sex positive, and it's the, the one time when one of the main characters is like, yeah, but you're a whore. And everyone can agree that is wrong. Right. Which is good. Like, we shouldn't yeah. be shaming sex workers at all. And just, like that aspect of it of this movie is is good and wonderful and i feel like like as a society we've progressed a little bit where hopefully we're still not going to shame shape sex workers as much but we still kind of do sure yeah i i think so too i thought that was a cool aspect of it and i think also the idea you know that wall street is so stressful you know that like even i would add the element for him he worked on wall street and it's just kind of a journey it was it was um, stressful and he's like 40 or whatever it was. He's like a 40. I, I was losing my hair. Like a 40 year old man shouldn't be losing his hair. He had chest pains or, you know, like mm-hmm. whatever. It could also, you could add in like a crime element, not necessarily that he was in, but like the pressures, the lobby, you know, like what certain corporations get away from, like, even shine more of a light on like why he had to leave that place. And also the juxtaposition, which it existed then, but it could really be highlighted now of like, you had an amazing job money wise that you just left at a time when I have to have five jobs just to, you know, share an apartment with six people or, you know, whatever that, that sort of thing. I, so, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, my job is I'm a bookkeeper. So I do like uh, bookkeeping, QuickBooks stuff for a lot of companies around town. And one of the companies I work at has a guy just like that who used to, he's a little bit older, but he got burned out working on wall street. Mm. So then he moved to Los Angeles across the country to do bike tours, uh, for tourists. (laughs) 
And like, he just like lives with his dog and just like is in a way more chill place. But of course I think he made a bunch of money on wall street and was just like, all right, I have to leave here forever now. Yeah. It can also be, you know, if you cast it with different ethnicities, even a tale of privilege, you know, like, Oh, this, if you keep the um, Chuck guy white, it's like, Oh, I guess this white guy has this, Mm-hmm. privilege of walking away from this huge job and someone else is like, you know, maybe I don't think it, I don't without think it that needs option. to be drawn along race lines. I think uh, the much more current thing is drawing things along the class lines. Mm. Like, I guess, uh, I guess whatever it would be in terms of privilege. Yeah. But it's definitely privileged to like be able to say, well, this job's stressing me out too much. Yeah. So I'm going to go. I take know this it was other a job. lot of money, but. Yeah. yeah. What this person needs to do to earn a living is what this person's choosing to do to earn a living. And that's mm-hmm. a huge difference. And yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Which then brings us to the other people who need to do something to earn a living, which is the prostitutes. Yeah. Uh, that we, who but- aren't really in a lot of the movies. So I didn't really recast many of them. Like I gave us a couple, but like, I, for, but really it's all about Belinda Keaton. It's about the Shelley Long character. Yeah, for sure. But I like the idea, too, that it's, like, with respect, like, that Chuck has this respect, of course, in a in kind of a, a playful, non-threat, like, inappropriate but non-threatening way. Bill right. Blaze-Jowski wants to have sex with them. <laughs> but that Chuck is, like, these girls need our help. I'm good with money. Like, that they unionize <laughs> the prostitutes. And yeah. also that I I love that it's, like, a story of self-esteem, you know, mm-hmm. by like him helping these people with his skill. He, you know, Chuck gets self-esteem and that the prostitutes are like, you know, that he's like, you deserve, I love his speech. Like, gives them such- a pension plan. He gives yes. them like an investment in a small business. Yes, exactly. It's such a moving speech that he's like, you know, they're all annoyed and we're out of here. And, and Bill Blazjowski is like freaking out. Oh, how where, they're leaving. What do we, you know, give him the speech. And then Chuck like has to like stand in his power and, and like, <laughs> what do you say? If you, you know, how, what if you could earn, keep 90% or whatever. And they're like, what? Or I forget yes. the exact speech, but yeah, exactly. Like you can like, earn three times as much as you're earning now. Yeah, that he's, like that. you know, what does a pimp take? 90%? Like, we're only going to take this amount or whatever. Like, that, like you deserve more. And then they're, I don't know. It was, I, it's a feel good. Well, it's yeah, yet another it's, feel good. Like, to me, pound for pound versus, let's say, Pretty Woman, a different prostitution story. I love yeah. Night Shift. Well, and, well, that one, Pretty Woman is different in that it's like, you're a prostitute, but you could be better than that. Yeah, you're not really, you haven't been doing it for long. Yeah, this is more, it's not, it's not disrespect for the position itself. And it's also seeing these women not as commodities or necessarily, for lack of a better phrase, as sex objects. Like they're still human beings in a gig economy, just trying to get work using, yeah. unfortunately, sometimes the only skill they have. Yep. And it's treating them like people, making them believe in themselves and honestly, like, helping them live in a way that's not fear-based. Yeah. And I just wish the movie got there sooner. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fair. And that might be why it's, I don't know. I, there could be any number of reasons why it's not sort of a, 
a bigger, like you know, didn't make a bigger like splash the, or something. The, the midway point is when they actually start doing the thing, right? Yeah, I think I, I think I do. I have watched it um, with, yeah, it does lag. It's, you know, like stripes in that way where you're like, ah, oh, stripes is so great. And then you're like, oh, I forgot about this, this 20 I, minutes. I'm a big fan of stripes. It strikes as like my dad's favorite movie, but I, if I, I, when we watched it together, I was like, oh no. Oh no. But, uh, I, I, and I will say that about, for the most part, their treatment of, uh, the working women. However, where I think the movie fails a little bit is Mm. its treatment of Charlotte. Oh, the, oh, the fat fiance. Yeah. No, that is, that was who wasn't overweight at all. Yeah, she's and like, a completely normal looking woman. Yeah, and it's just like, it walks in and then even when Bill picks up the framed picture of her, he goes, oh, nice uh, frame. Yeah. And it's like, that's such a, A, dick thing to say. And B, it's like this poor, incredibly neurotic and anxious woman. It's like, uh, I, I, I felt really bad for her. Oh, that's really sweet of you. I never have in my entire life. I think I think because well, for one, yes, those were. I mean, I don't think it's a mystery that like fat jokes have never really been uh, like it's it's an easy go to for lots yeah. for lots of things. So it was just the that thing. But I it's think they cheap painted, and it's punching down. Yeah, but I see her as. She was such a, a jerk to me. I don't see her as like, oh, she was so anxious and neurotic. She was so mean to Chuck at, to me and like a terrible partner. Her mom was mean to like, she had no respect for it. It was all bossing him around. She won't have sex with him. She brought, you know, and Chuck was never like that with her. Like he really loved her. And I feel like, I feel like she was such a I dick that it never bothered as- me that they were mean about her. I didn't see her as that big of a dick because especially like, like literally there's that moment in the beginning where we first see her when she's on the exercise bike. She's just like, I just want to look good in the wedding dress and I'm so excited to marry you. And they had this really sweet moment. And I didn't see her start getting mean until she was jealous of Shelly Long. And like, Oh, it, really? Ch- Chuck's mom. Absolutely. An, an like a, a, an asshole. The uh, Charlotte's parents, total dicks. Especially her dad, because the mom doesn't, her, like, Charlotte's mom doesn't say any words. So just the dad is just the only one that talks. It's terrible. Um, I didn't recast them. But for me, I would I would keep them together. For what? Uh, for me, I would keep Chuck and Charlotte. Oh, wow. Their names are really similar. It's because it's Charles and Charlotte. That's a male yeah. and female versions of the same name. That's probably on purpose. So. I just realized that. Anyway, <laughs> but I would potentially keep them together Ugh. because, like, the whole because I don't necessarily need up. Uh, well, you're the first, first person who's ever done something nice for me. I'm going to fall in love with you. That doesn't do anything <laughs> for me. And I think that that's a little overplayed and I don't necessarily need the, the Belinda Keaton character falling in love with the Chuck character. Yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily need that either, but I, but I, to me, I, we just took Charlotte totally different ways. Because to me, when she's at the exact bike scene that you were just talking about, I didn't think mm-hmm. she was like, oh, I'm so excited about the wedding. She was like a complete narcissist doing her thing. He's like, can we go to bed and come? No, I have to do this or I have to do this and I'm so fat and I can't do this. And he's like, can't we just, he gets no affection. He gets, she's 
she's like controlling and bossy and we have to do this. And she also was really shitty about his job. You know, like she was mad. I don't know why you're even doing this and you should be on wall street. And what is your, I just took, I took it as like, she's emasculating, like she's part of the problem. Like his low self-esteem went for her. And then when he starts building his self-esteem, he's like, Oh, I want someone who actually really likes me. So I never took Charlotte. I never took her as like this poor woman. I was like, she's the worst. I definitely did. Like, I definitely mm. read that anxiety, like just the constant anxiety, constant neuroses, like, cause it's, it's self-image based. Cause if she was just mean, she wouldn't be like, she wouldn't necessarily just be like exercising or whatever. Like I read it no, as yeah. like, she wasn't like the meanest yeah. person. Just no, but I, I definitely think that their neuroses fed off of each other, well, which sure. may not necessarily have been healthy, but I definitely read it as like, um, like she was trying to get in shape to fit into the wedding dress, but the, but like, I, I saw her you. character as, um, yeah, just where you saw narcissism, I saw neuroses yeah, and, I hear you. uh, I had another point and I lost it and I'm trying to think of what it was. It'll come back to me. Give me a second. Yeah. And so for me, that's the way she's portrayed in the movie as it is now. And I think that's, uh, kind of like the 80s movie, like the nagging wife sitcom trope. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more interesting if uh, she, if it's not that. Because mm-hmm. we've seen that trope so much, for a modern interpretation of the movie, I, oh, now I remember. She was upset about him getting stuck on the night shift again, which she was like, I'm never going to see you. I work during the day, you work at night. When are we ever going to spend time together? I, I, we completely have to agree to disagree because to me, your delivery is so sweet. And to me, she's like, I don't know why you're on the night shift. Like, we're never going to see each other. We're just this. Like, to me, she was such a, like, she was I, a ra- She was, to me, she was d- just a bee, just a raging bee. Yeah. And no, I, I didn't get that. Like I said, she's the person in this entire movie I felt the worst for. Because like, <laughs> of everyone in this movie, for lack of a better phrase, and this pun is not intended, I think she gets shafted the most. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but of all of the, the way- people having sex, she was shafted the most. You're it was right. such a funny line, though, because he's he was so sweet about her. Like, I'm fat and I can't. And, and like he's like, why don't you run to bed? Maybe you can lose some pounds along the way. Come on. It's a very funny line. Oh, and I, and I especially like when that she line. was the one who brought it up. Like she was the—I don't know. I just took her as so like in yeah, her I, own thing, needing him to be different. But that's the way the movie is now. I think that we can do better. Like I think our interpretation of Charlotte should be different. Sure. Like, I think, like, regardless of whatever conflicts they may have in the movie, I don't necessarily want them to break up. Like I think that they can stay together. And potentially, like, like I think at the end of the movie... So part of what I thought would have been funny is at the end of the movie, like, they kind of just abandon the the pimping. And it's like, well, they had a really good thing going and they're really helping these women out. And then they kind of just, like, go their own separate ways. And it's just like, I don't think they should. I think they should continue oh, well, to run. I mean, after they nearly died. Yeah, but then those guys got arrested. <laughs> they're they, completely safe now. Well, after Chuck almost died. And also, 
this is a separate thought. Like the, the, there are these two hitmen coming after them. And then all of a sudden at the end of the movie, they finally catch up after presumably months of this operation been, being uh, uh, going. And so finally <laughs> they figure it out. And then at the very end, it happened to be that was the night that Bill happened to bring back a couple undercover cops. And yep. it's like, yeah. So they they managed to not get murdered through no fault of their own. Like they have no yep. actual It was dumb luck. Agency. Yep. Now so, you know a couple of fun things. You know it was written by Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel, who'd been reading who'd been writing half hour TV since Dick Van Dyke, I think. They wrote a lot of Happy Days. They wrote a lot of Laverne and Shirley. So it peak eighties, I think we oh, can yeah. agree. Peak eighties. Thematically, the wrap up, the crossover. Oh, the undercover cops at the same time. The thugs found them out, etc. Um, and do yeah, you and know? I think we can do better. Do you know it was one of Kevin Costner's first movies? His very first one was Big Chill, where he played the dead guy. But okay. and you never see his face; you just see wrists and and hands in the. He's in the coffin. Um, <laughs> Kevin Costner. Do you know who he is? I know the name. Who did he play in this movie? He was one of the, um, I think when like frat guys are partying or early on, like it, well, when it first becomes, becomes a brothel and he's like got the tie around his head and they're like doing the limbo and he's got like a, a beer on his head and the, and, and like Michael Kate, their part. But yeah, one of those guys is my, is the now very successful, famous, distinguished Kevin Costner. That's hilarious. Super fun. This- this is a weird tangent, but when we first see the two hitmen, um, I thought the dude in the sunglasses, the white guy, I thought that was Henry Winkler because I forgot oh, it had been a while. Oh, Richard Belzer from yeah. Law and Order. Right. But like the, the shape of their face and with the sunglasses, they That's look similar really enough funny. that they the same person. And so then when Shelley Long like, uh, recon- like says, I recognize you. I know you don't. I I thought that she was recognizing him because he looked just like this hitman guy. Oh my God, that's so funny. And then it's not related, they're neighbors or whatever, but it's just like two white dudes with similar faces and like similarly shaped faces. It's honestly similar haircuts. And it just, it threw me for a loop. And so like, I kept expecting there to be this twist and I don't want to have that twist. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Don't look like each other. Oh, that's really funny. But yeah, the bells, doing the bells thing. Let's talk about it. Like, we're remaking this movie now. We like the interpretation of both Chuck and Bill. I think that we can kind of t- change Charlotte around a little bit, but what are kind of some tent poles of plot that you think that we should be building towards when, when, when constructing this movie? Mm, what do you mean? Well, uh, like, we kind of like the frat parties and everything. We like playing around with Uber. We kind of like oh. the shape of the way it's going, but like, how are things going to go wrong now that they wouldn't have necessarily have gone wrong in the eighties? Cause I feel like the hitmen mm. will find them right away because the internet. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? I, um, my slow brain didn't even take in. Yeah. I mean, I guess you, they would, de- they could develop an app, right? If we just go modern, you know, how are they, how are they setting up? You know, do they find some code on, Craigslist or you know like how, like a different way to do yeah and we can also the Johns and the how do you 
what would make so- total sense is instead of having Chuck be like someone who left Wall Street, is he can be someone who left Silicon Valley. Yeah, oh, nice. Oh, that's a nice update. Left Silicon Valley so he can like, I'm really great at, at you know, and maybe it was some app you've heard of that he, he's like, you did yeah. that or whatever. And that he's like, yep. So they have an app for, you know, lo- 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 <laughs> what would you call a prostitution app? There are so many terrible jokes here. Is it like, like, like pros? P R O Z. Pros. I know it uh, looks like pros. <laughs> or, um, <laughs> all right. I, it, I'm going to call it uh, hookup, but it's H O O K, no U, and then just a P. Hookup? Because not only is it a hookup, <laughs> it's also hooking. Yeah, it's also, yeah, hook, hook. Because they're hookers. Yeah, hook. A hooker like grinder oh, or that's better just hooker yeah that's funnier tinder grinder prostitution yeah <laughs> i mean that joke and if there's still some, stay. and it would and it would have to be like i like we go on reddit and we let people you know like how do you make it public and keep it under wraps since it's prostitution you know or or how do you technically get away with it or um i feel like it can just be like a regular app and then there's like a little place in the corner where if you get the right code you can enter that and then it becomes this other yeah. app. like it's a, it's code a regular mm. yeah it's uh i mean especially for calling it hooker uh which is absolutely <laughs> the correct name um <laughs> It, uh, we can base it around uh, like uh, just a general map yeah. app. At first, if you get on it, it's just a fishing app. But then if you enter the code, it's just about where yeah. I fish in, in nearby lakes. Hooker. Uh, don't get catfished. Use hooker. Hooker. You know. And then it's, yeah. And that's great Good. too because inherently an app has a short lifespan if it's literally being used for sex trade you know, in right. the sex industry or that sort of thing. Sex and trade is probably just, the wrong word, but in, in sex. This is a completely dumb working. joke, but because I want to get to this actual aspect of the story faster than the movie does now, and I don't know what else to say other than get there faster. Like, don't uh-huh. get there in the middle, get there at the end of Act 1. Um, <laughs> part of me really wants to have, like, this is terrible, and I don't think we should have it because it's literally really de- demeaning and demoralizing, but like, rating the prostitutes like if you get five stars oh yeah then there's a a yelp aspect sure but here's what i'm gonna do instead instead of it being like a a rating of the prostitutes it's the johns the clients that get rated the prostitutes don't get rated at all because that's awful but if any of the johns get one like they get a one star twice they can't use the app anymore yeah yeah some awful jerk that then reports them to the people who are the hitman Oh no! Like this, Sam, this an actual got cut off the app, and now no, yeah, they, guy who was jerk and a pig, and then low rated, and then he turns him in. Interesting. Like it literally could end up being the person who beat up Belinda in the elevator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this person's clearly just yeah the worst human being. Mental, yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's a I, good that's a good update. And that that can be then how they're found out. Also, there could be, I mean, we didn't really, the the movie didn't really show a lot of, you you could, 
if you get to it faster, you can show a little bit more of how this change benefited the sex workers. Yes. You know, like, oh, one got her kid in private school or one left an abusive situation or one did it, you know. We can't really have this a conversation about this movie without uh, without also talking about Hustlers. But Hustlers does that really well, where all of a sudden they're getting to say, hey, look at all these amazing things that we're literally able to change, turn our lives around with this money. I didn't see Hustlers. I recommend it. It's great. And also, I assume you got a screener of it. Probably. Were they, what was the, sorry, were they... Were they, they were strippers? Oh, okay, but strippers. All right, so not yeah. prostitution, but strippers. Okay. No, no, no. It, no. Uh, what's funny is uh, last month I recorded an episode on, or in June we did an episode on Dirty Dancing, and I was oh. like, well, we got to talk about wrestlers. So it's just kind of funny that we're doing these two things together. But and um, I just heard today they're remaking Dirty Dancing. Yeah, but they've they've been because remaking they heard Dirty your... Dancing. <laughs> Dirty now Dancing you can Havana. put baby oh, in a corner. I'm sorry. I said Dirty Dancing. I meant Flashdance. Oh, got it. But they've also been remaking Flashdance and Dirty Dancing for years. Uh, both of them. And I always call them the wrong name. Um, but yeah, oh, so like that, that kind of is how I would like be updating and, and keeping it going. That said, I still think the app can work in New York. Or not the app. The movie can work in New York. I got no problem with yeah, it being in New York. The app is interesting. I, I got nothing. Like, and then um, I... So I guess for me... I then would want to keep Chuck and Charlotte together. And it's just like, like, and her getting like him bringing home all this money, she finding it like not being trustful of him. And then her finding a way to help these women out as well. Like her contributing something also. I don't know what it is, but I find, I I don't want to make it like the standard 80s sitcom of the nagging fiance. Well, looks like I get an upgrade to this cute. Wives are jerks. Girlfriends are awesome. (laughs) Right. Like I, I don't, want to do that like i would prefer to like not have some other romantic subplot other than theirs yeah and regardless of how she's depicted in the original movie i'd like her depiction now to be positive and i'd like their relationship to be positive funny if the bill blazejowski character maybe one of the you know he's his bravado is hiding a lot of insecurity so yeah i think if, he should okay. what I think we should find out over the course of the movie that he's gay. Yeah. Could be gay or could be like, you know, his romantic, he met his match in a, um, or one of the, it could still be one of the sex workers who's gay or possibly transitioned or, you know, like it could be like, I think I'm this guy, I'm flashy, blah, blah. And like, Oh, I've fallen in love with this. You know, you want to put him somewhere. He's not really different by the end. You know, Chuck has a big change. He's still, you know, towel boy, <laughs> he becomes a yeah. towel boy. But like, but, he's, but you're right. It's this big bravado demeanor. How does he, like how does he sort grow of up or how does he get, you know, his heart broken open into like, Oh, I don't have to be obnoxious all the time or whatever. Yeah. We, he needs, he needs an arc. Yeah. Yeah. He so didn't, from, yeah. He didn't really have a big thing. Yeah. From bravado masking insecurity to, uh, I don't know, just having a moment of true sincerity. Yeah, Um, or just like, you know, like if he, you know, he's kind of forever single bachelor guy is the idea. Not that he's ever with it. You know, like, so he, at the end, he maybe, you know, he ends up with one of the prostitutes who has two kids and they buy a house in in the suburbs. 
you know, yeah. or something like that. And he does this, whatever, some kind of change for that exactly. character. I'm nice. fully on board with that. And we bought like, a little farm. We raised chickens. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. And there, there was one other thing because it's a movie from the eighties. There was the, the obligatory gay joke, which was not good, but uh, it was when they were in jail and uh, I don't know how my life could sink any further. And then he turns oh. and there's this guy with a piece of paper with guy hearts cut out of it. Them and yes. I was wrong. Uh, right. The, there's this moment where like, it's been, uh, they've, it's been a prostitution app for women this whole time. Well, then what if like in kind of the resolution, when they turn it around, it's also male prostitutes mm. and it's just make sure unionized, safe, protected. Yeah. yeah or, or yeah. Or, yeah. Word gets out about the thing or they have a, a realization in jail. Yeah, totally. Where there's branching out or whatever. And what if pre your, what we were talking about right before, um, you mentioned the bad gay joke, um, agreed. Is what if Chuck goes back to you're talking about helping people? Yeah. Goes back to Wall Street or not Wall Street, maybe goes becomes a lobbyist or becomes a you know, like how is he helping people? Or like yeah. because like goes back to a high pressure job, but now it's in philanthropy or something, I guess, is a version. Well, I don't I don't necessarily want them leaving this at the end. Like for me, as far as I'm mm. concerned, like they find this thing and it turns out this is the thing they're really good at and they but, keep doing it. But how can they, if the cops, I mean, you can't keep running a brothel. Well, why? It depends on the state. What if they do this in New York guess, where it's illegal I mean, and they're like, all right, well, this is illegal in New York. So they Let's go, to, go they do move this to Nevada. In- Nevada or somewhere else where it's legal. I, I don't. I don't know where prostitution is or is not legal. Like there, I'm sure there's more than just Nevada where it is. But it's huh. like they go and do this thing here, and then literally that can even be Charlotte's contribution to uh, to the whole prospect of she be, like Chuck runs the app, Bill is publicity, and Charlotte is the lobbyist. May yeah maybe or what if there's a version that's not prostitution but is still well then it like, just becomes a hookup app and it's just Tinder. No, I didn't mean that. I meant something that unionizes people or organizes them or like like if a good person, for example, were in charge of Uber, Uber drivers would have benefits, make more yeah. money, get a th- you know like so it could be like. It could end up being a revolutionary, for example, app or work system or that kind of idea where like he's essentially the way he, let's say, raised the minimum wage for prostitutes. What if he if it's like they get shut down, it doesn't have to happen the same way. But just going from that movie, they get shut down. But like because the crooks come and the undercover cops. So now they're known by the police. They can't do prostitution. But then it's. They're like, oh, but this same idea should apply to other industries. So they they help people in other industries that are also, you know, gig worker, you know. I think that's a good idea. And I think that that is something that they should start doing. The only change I would make is I really don't want them to leave the prostitutes behind. Because just because they don't. No, but maybe the prostitutes do other jobs. Well, Maybe, you want them to stay prostitutes because. I don't. Do you think if they stop being prostitutes, it's like saying something negative about it's it's saying something is inherently wrong about the job they're currently doing and i think that that's i think we're i'm trying to avoid that kind of judgment Mm -hmm. that so 
for me, the absolute best moment in this movie is after Henry Winkler and Shelley Long sleep together, uh, there's this moment where Chuck goes back into work and he says, I don't think Belinda's going to be coming in here ever again. Right. And then, and then she comes back and he's like, yeah. And they, they, yeah, they have this big fight and he's like, I can't believe you're coming back to work. And she, and she has this moment where she says, I have to earn a living. What else can I do? Uh-huh. And he literally, there's this moment where he clearly can't think of anything and he just goes, well, I can't believe you're coming back into work again. It is the weakest moment for him, but I think it's the strongest movie moment for the script because that that's just simply is the case for some people and so and for some women that that is unfortunately I'm sure some like there I'm sure there are some women who are prostitutes by choice because that's honestly something that they enjoy doing that's the life they want to live and I'm sure that's the case for for not. However, I would give it something like uh, for something like the good place where it's like they, they give like a transition program of not only are they being prostitutes, like that's the job they have to do to earn a living. They're also doing job training so that if they choose to move on to something else, they're able to go get a different job. Mm. That also could be something Charlotte could do where it's Mm. like, so one of the places I've currently worked, um, currently worked. One of the places I have done work is a company called homeboy industries in Los Angeles. I know it. And it's this really great place because the whole pre- like literally there. Yeah, I've I've uh, I taught computer skills like I taught Word, Excel, oh, PowerPoint. That's awesome. Because the basic uh, premise of this place for people who don't know is it takes people who've just gotten out of jail, and it trains them and gives them a job and gives them skills so that they can then go get another job. Because mm-hmm. the whole purpose of this place is fighting recidivism. It's giving them an opportunity to learn and improve so they can have something else to do other than potentially do something that'll get them thrown back in jail. Mm-hmm. And doing something like that for people who unfortunately had no alternative other than to become prostitutes, let's, okay, let's give them the job training so that they can move on and do something else if that's what they so choose. Mm-hmm. And I feel like like doing something like Homeboy as kind of the final conclusion, here's our resolution for mm-hmm. the movie might be what we're missing. Okay. Because in every situation it's all right, well, we got to move on and do something else. Yeah. But all those girls and women get left behind. Yeah. They're still there. And it without, without Chuck and Bill, it's just going to yeah. go right back to the way they, they had been living. Just that another wasn't good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, we want to avoid that. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, they owned a burger place by the end. Yeah, but this was before. <laughs> they, there was no, there was no follow up on that, right? But yeah, same, same basic idea. So like, some what? So I think that that would be the resolution. I love the idea of like doing this and helping out this, and then staying, continuing to help them, and also moving on to help the Uber drivers and the this, that, the other things. Especially because if we do turning the U into an H at the beginning of the movie, it's a great bookend to Bill's, uh, to Bill's arc. Oh, yeah. So almost like he comes in as like a low paid, I can't make a living blah, blah driver to like, oh, I actually started my own, you know, driving app situation where drivers actually get paid. And because I want these drivers to not have to have four other jobs. Yeah. In a in such a sad way that that's revolution that would be revolutionary of like like we're like oh you know i don't just you know they don't just make 30 cents a ride or you know whatever the right crap what, whatever there's below yeah we're like wage. yeah where the head of the company is bazillionaire and drivers are like well i also sleep in my car it's fine 
or what's even worse is sometimes like people have no no other choice other than to get the driving job so they and they don't have a car so they get a loan at an ex- extortion like literally extortion level rates it's bad yeah no totally and then that and that's something too of the of of a nice arc for bill you know the bill character of like you know i'm a i'm a quote unquote loser these different things can't you know mm. like i seem like a loser and then He's learning, whereas kind of the Chuck getting inner self-esteem, he had the skills. The skills were never a question, but he didn't really have the power. He didn't really have purpose, and he gets those things. And then um, for the Bill character to, like, become the bot, like, oh, I actually thrive in a managerial position, and now, you know, because he has access to, like, this app or this kind of formula, I now I apply, you know, I applied it yeah. to a morgue and a brothel. I applied it to driving over here. I applied it to other things yeah. like. He's yeah. the idea guy. He should constantly be coming up with ideas exactly the like idea this. Guy. Even the idea of like, because if you did that for something like, you know, gig drivers, I'm not sure what the word is, but like that would sure. affect like your lobbying Congress now or what, yeah. you know what? Like if somebody does that successfully here, where like passengers are happy, drivers are making money, it would affect the other ones, possibly legislation, you know, et cetera. So yeah, that'd be neat. Yeah. And that I think is the arc of our movie. And I think that kind of gives us shape of what this movie would be if we did it now. It's they literally did a night shift and uh, they're, they're changing the world one they're changing the world one hookup at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that it all comes from prostitutes. Because, that, because that's the other thing is like they have all these prostitutes working for them who are hooking up with people who might be influential, whatever. And it's a way to put a bug in uh, mm-hmm. different, uh, different. Uh, I wonder if that's an. A- years. Yeah. And that's an excellent thought too, that you just had of, one of the modern things that we didn't hit on when it comes to, and I know this was illegal sex trafficking, but like an Epstein or in the sense of maybe one of Bill, one of, if we see Bill Blazejowski at the end and he's doing something, a powerful congressional move or a legislation thing or like something truly impactful. And then it, then it's like, well, the whole time he was, keeping notes on certain powerful figures who use their services or there was one, like there could be like someone. I feel like that's a dark road to go down. I, I like more the idea of like, like the, the, these women are also kind of subtly influencing policy because they're literally sleeping with the policymakers. But if it's tracking down, like the, all the one star people tracking those people down and like, making them not child traffickers anymore no no i don't mean child traffickers i I mean that's what i meant i mentioned epstein in the sense of like i said not sex trafficking but in the idea of the powerful people who went through epstein like the idea that bill bill jowski is like well you know a couple of congressmen came through the thing so i i i'm you know like he has secrets on a couple of powerful people who use their services. That was the idea. 
I know that just feels a little dark for someone for for the lightness we're going for. I'd rather oh, subtly really? influence. I, maybe I'm not saying than... it right because to me, there's nothing dark about it. It means well, I, a bunch I'd of ra- men, are, a bunch of people are using their yes. services. I Some of them s- are powerful people who yes. would not like pictures of that, and the idea right. that. But Bill Blake just made sure there was a picture of That's what I'm trying to say. I would prefer to go with subtly influence over blackmail. I all right. Like especially because these are these are supposed to be our heroes. It doesn't even it doesn't even come down to blackmail when it's just like, oh hey, I didn't I met you through the this thing. Oh yeah, I can totally get a meeting with you. I don't know, whatever. It doesn't seem dark to me. But also Charlotte seems like a real asshole to me. So we see things differently. Yes. I think taking like taking pictures of people who are using your app is a good way to make sure they never use your app again and everyone finds out to never use your app again. Mm, all right. Um, but overall, I think we kind of have the shape of our movie. So let's talk about casting. Okay. So I feel like the person we obviously have to start with is Chuck because, you know. Yeah. So Do the way you this totally works. Did you have thoughts? So I thought, a lot about this and I came up with many versions some I was like oh this is kind of an older version of this or like something that might have been done 10 years ago and then I was like oh this is maybe a young they're an interesting comedy team I sort of looked at comedy teams and I looked at other things and then I landed on two names that I then couldn't stop thinking about but give me your two names but I want to hear yours first. You want to hear mine first? I want to hear yours first because once, once I thought of the... no, once I thought of these two names, it, I was like, uh, it it did something to me. So I feel like, yeah, I'm interested in hearing yours first. So for me, in terms of like age, like I liked kind of the age of everyone who was in it. Like I, I think I went with someone who might be a little bit younger than Henry Winkler was when the movie was made because they I, they were meant to be around forty, right? Like I think he mentioned forty. He may have. I didn't cast some. I think I cast someone who's who's in his thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going with someone who can kind of play like the Nevishy, like, dip, like uh, trodden upon, very like meek, but has an arc of growing confidence. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, and that's why I went with an actor named uh, Harvey Guyen. Gu- oh, Guyen, that's who, interesting. That's not a... Is Guillermo in What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, interesting. Because he also kind of has the, in that show, plays meek and plays confident in both the same same way. And like... I, and also, I tried to make this not a movie all about white people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I thought that direction is... I didn't think of him. I wouldn't have thought of him. Uh, I this don't know if added, that well. But yes, very interesting. Yeah, this is an added bonus, and I'll get to this at the very end. But one of the things I did before I came up with my real cast is I realized that this entire cast can be completely filled in with... Uh, with characters and actors from the good place exclusively (laughs) so after we're done i'll give you the rundown of here's okay we did that and now here it is with just people from the good place so (laughs) i tried not to use any of those people like i have all their names here crossed out but uh i just thought that that'd be a that's a funny thing that we can do later but 
that's my choice for uh, Chuck. Who did you have? Interesting. May I go off a little bit and walk you through my thought process? Of course. I expect you to walk me through your It doesn't necessarily start with Chuck. There was a weird, and I'm going to land on Chuck. Okay. Is that all right? Go for it. So first, I I first thought of like um, the Shelley Long character. And the first person I thought of was like Tiffany Haddish. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Or who were other? And I kind of was like filling in this. I was like, oh, or what if it's a Jennifer Aniston? Or what if it's... um. I was kind of lo- looking around in that direction. And then I thought, oh, maybe younger for some of the, can I tell you some of the contenders for Chuck? Sure, go ahead. I was like Zach Woods, uh, Kumail Nanjiani. And in that sense, I was like, I'm recasting right out of Silicon Valley. Because also I, I'm not a huge I wouldn't necessarily go this, but like Middleditch, Thomas and Middleditch would also be a good Chuck. But I was like, ooh, Kumail would be an interesting Chuck. Different way to go. I even thought of Patton Oswalt. I was like, oh, Bill Blazjowski. I was like, Kevin Hart was a top contender in my mind. Donald Glover was an interesting thought in my head. And then I started thinking of pairs and I was like, oh, Nick Kroll and John Mulaney. That's a sort of a way to go. Then I went through different, there's an Adam Sandler version with Kevin James. Oh, God. But here's what I landed on. Sandra Bullock. You want Sandra Bullock to play Chuck? Yeah. What if it's a, and I I do apologize, this is white, but what if they're women and it's Sandra, like Sandra Bullock, Melissa McCarthy? Oh, man. You should have brought up the fact that you cast a woman when we were doing the movie. As Chuck and Bill. I didn't know there was okay. a rule about when to do that. There, there's not, there's not, there's no rules. But, <laughs> but like, I was we like, might've... oh, what if it's women? And what if it's this on top of everything, a feminine, because I, I wasn't thinking women until again, I just walked you through that thought process. When I landed on women and that, you know, a Kristen Wiig, a Ruta Mayoff, I was just uh, a Maya Ru- Rudolph, sorry. I was like, Oh, once it became, once I saw it as women, I was like, oh, that's really interesting to me of like a feminist, like we're how, you know, you still have the buffoon and you still have the nebbishy, you know, nerd, like, I don't like to yeah. take risk. I don't like stress, whether it's Kristen Wiig um, or Sandra Bullock or others. There are, there are others if you think in terms of when it, women. And then I was like, oh, and they're, they help a woman who's a neighbor. I don't know. I just got, Oh, that's a kind of an interesting. I do like that idea. I think take. that's, I, I also went to that tent, road a little bit. Poles. Oh, who were your women? Um, I, 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 think I didn't. Cause like I told you before, I just do one person per role. Oh yeah. Uh, um, and for me, I ended up going back to, uh, to, to men, partly because I wanted to kind of like repair the, the Charlotte, uh, relationship Mm -hmm. because just because that's the way she's depicted in the first movie isn't i think a positive it doesn't matter we've we've gone over that um but also i think uh i i went back to men just because i think part of feminism is sometimes you need male feminists who are like i'm not gonna be that asshole and i'm gonna try to teach other men to not be that asshole sure 
So what I think we should do is um, I'm going to tell you who I have for my bill, but then Uh I think we should go with my Chuck, your bill. Oh, all right. So my bill, I kind of went through. Your Chuck is who? Oh, your Chuck is um, Harvey. Harvey Guyen. Guyen. And my, so my bill, I felt like the obvious choice to kind of like play the modern day Michael Keaton would be Andy Samberg. And oh, that's interesting. I, and, but I didn't want to do that because he comes up a lot and because I feel like he's the obvious choice. So I went um, off center a little bit with someone who isn't necessarily that kind of energy, but is a similar overconfident energy. But then it's, so it's fun to watch them get taken down a peg and kind of realize that they truly do have a good heart. And so the person I ended up on for the role of Bill is Adam Devine. Oh, who you know from Workaholics and from Pitch Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he that's the sort of character, like in both those movies, both those things, he plays sort of the same character. I, I think that that is a little bit who he is as a person, but I don't think that's who he actually is as a person. And so like I watched other interviews and everything just to make sure like, okay, he's not actually this human being. Um, because I think we need to start with that kind of human being and then take it away. But... Mm-hmm. I think a more interesting pairing is, you're right, I think doing uh, Harvey Guyen and Melissa McCartney, McCarthy is probably the right choice because I think you're absolutely right. I think it needs to be a little bit more feminist and a little bit of a stronger narrative that way. And that's the pairing I would suggest. Interesting. And it's also our, a little bit of a middle ground. Is there a younger Melissa, like, would Rebel Wilson be a young like because the, the age difference? I'm not a big Adam Devine fan, but fair. the age That's difference fair. between Harvey and Melissa is kind of mother and son. That's so I guess I'm true. wondering if there's an like a part mm-hmm. of the reason I left the age where it was is because I didn't know if we were going to end on some sort of relationship between Chuck and Belinda, and in that case, I didn't want someone who could potentially be Belinda's parent being in a relationship with her yeah. at this point. I don't think that matters. Like, I don't think uh, like because they're not going to have some sort of like romantic relationship as uh, the, the Chuck and Bill characters. I don't necessarily see a, an issue with this, but if there's someone else you would rather have instead of Melissa McCartney, who's a little bit younger, but still has that same energy what, and is a woman I'm down. What about crazy Lauren Lapkus? Tell Did me you about... just see her in the wrong Missy? She uh, also she's been in many things and great podcasts with Paul Tompkins. She's just such a good actress, and she kind of can play crazy, but could definitely play bravado. She, this David Spade Netflix movie called The Wrong Missy, which is it's kind of dumb, but also she showcases very well as like this nut, and she can also be very and she, it's just a closer age. I have Where, never seen anything she's been in, but I trust your judgment. If you'd rather go with her, then I will trust your judgment and she can I be our bill. For with this Harvey guy, I think Lauren Lapkus would be a, a super fun. Sure. That works for me. I also cool. like the idea of like, he's obviously on a show, but not like known, known, known. So like, to me, I would, you know, I try not to cast A-list. I try to avoid casting A-listers as much as possible because they're the people who are going to get the role anyway. I'd rather at least draw attention to someone who isn't as well-known. Yeah, that's what made me feel, too, of like, okay, if he's the guy, then, you know, I wouldn't put him next to a 
because theoretically there's an argument of like well you got to guess the people in order to get the movie made i'm like it's it's a podcast the movie is going to quote unquote be made anyway so what is the (laughs) best version of the movie regardless of doing something to meet the market but yeah that's a separate thought so that brings me to uh belinda keaton you kind of walked me through uh your whole process for that so let me tell you about who i had i again went someone who isn't necessarily as well known but i've seen her in a couple of different things i'm like oh this woman's amazing um i i specifically know her like best probably from her performance in parks and rec where she uh uh uh, i don't remember the name of her character actually as it's uh, she's or no no, neither of them. It's she's uh, Aziz Ansari's uh, eventual girlfriend. Uh, the oh. actress's name is Natalie Morales. Oh, okay. And so she's a strong comedic presence. Uh, she's done like she's been doing comedy stuff. Like she was on Dead to Me recently, and and she she was in Battle of the Sexes, and uh, I guess she's in something called Room One Hundred Four. She was in Stuber. Oh yeah, she's great on Dead to Me. Oh yeah, she's excellent. So that's someone who I thought would be a little bit. Uh, who would be fun to play the Belinda Keaton role? Who did you have? I agree. I don't even have to. Yeah, I had really... I thought that Tiffany had it. I also came up with Jenny Slate. I mean, I do like Jenny Slate as long as we're pulling from Parks and Rec. <laughs> I'm just such a weird. Also, there's something about the oddness of Shelley Long and the oddness of Jenny Slate. But I can't argue with Natalie Morales. Like, she's cool like she's badass and cool and i think that's i think i think that's an excellent choice great thank you so then the next person i have is charlotte who i'm assuming you did not recast because you hate her well in my sandra bullock melissa mccarthy and all a-listers i was like the charlotte would be steve carell i just want to say that to get credit for this nonsense (laughs) i'm like Who's the Nebishi again? Yeah, no, a good Nebishi match to Sandra Bullock would be Steve Carell. Wouldn't that be ridiculous? I mean, I mean, it ends up being, I end up pulling a lot of people from TV instead of movies. And uh, my friend Diane was making fun of me for that the other day. But I'm like, yeah, but it's someone who should be in movies because they're also really good. And TV's better than movies. Yeah. doesn't matter. So uh, the actress <laughs> I have, I've actually seen in a bunch of stuff. And I just think she's this really competent confident actress and she's just wonderful like she's in marriage story uh she's in uh marriage story she's in birdman she's in the new show run but i first saw her in studio 60 on the sunset strip it's an actress named Merritt weaver i'm sorry i i keep losing you a little oh Merritt weaver oh she's insane she's so good yeah oh yeah so that, i thought Merritt she weaver. would be a fun confident yeah yeah that's who i thought so i'm sorry you were saying um like, oh, you know what also would work, and then I lost you a little bit. Oh, I was saying one of my okay, so one of the non A lister super known names, although he does a lot of stuff, maybe he can go in here somewhere, um, is Sam Richardson. Okay. Do you know him? So I was I'm like he was, he was one of my Chuck choices, Sam Richardson from Veep and Oh yeah, yeah, De- yeah. The De- the Detroiters. Do you want to make him one of uh, one of our hitmen? Um, Sam Richardson. Um, yeah, I was wondering if there's a version of... Doesn't strike me as a hit, but I just had thought he was one of the chucks that crossed my mind of like, oh, he's an interesting play nebushy guy. Anyway, Merritt Weaver's Charlotte is great. 
if Charlotte were a dude, if we did a lady version and Charlotte were a dude, who do we think would, who would be a good male Charlotte? I'm just curious. In what age group? This third, I feel like we're around the thirties of of these people. Um, who would be? I a feel fun... like if you were going to do like one of the like the the guy, so you go Th- Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> no, I was going to say uh, the guy from um, uh, 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 New Girl. Oh, whose um... name escapes me? Who was one of the voices in uh, Into the Spider Verse? I thought another one of the obvious choices to play Bill is uh, the guy who plays uh, Schmitty on New Girl, but I'm like, nah. Uh, I didn't want to get Max Greenfield to play Schmidt, um, but uh, Jake Johnson would probably make for an interesting male version of Charlotte. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, all right. Fair. But, um, I mean, okay. So then, so the other, before we get to writer-director, I had a couple options for like some of the women, some of the uh, potential prostitute characters. And then I also had the two hitmen just because every other character in this movie is in the movie for like five minutes and it's over. So it's like, unless you're going to go deep yeah. and cast all of them, I felt the yeah. prostitutes should have a larger role. And then I thought the hitmen should be less there at the beginning, there at the end. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so you so you would you would increase the role of the hitmen? Well, I would certainly make them more present and more ominous and more like they're coming than just, oh yeah, those guys. Oh, we're at the end. Ah, well, I guess it's okay now. Like they're literally just <laughs> at the beginning and just at the end and that's it. And it's theoretically true. they should be uh we should be like kind of going back of like kind of this shark circling the the water trying to like well, they killed this one guy. They're probably going to kill these guys too, like an actual threat. Yeah. So my hitmen were, uh, this is my actual casting that I did pull from The Good Place. Uh, Bamba John Bamba, uh, who's in Suicide Squad and Black Panther, and he's in The Good Place. And then Dominic Purcell, who I know from Legends of Tomorrow, but he's also in Prison Break. Oh, wow. I did not, I guess I didn't really understand the assignment. I didn't go this deep on yeah, the cat. I know it was just like a couple of characters. And I, um, but what I love is that the, your thoughtfulness that went into like the not know, I just kind of went like more surface broad strokes, I guess. Yeah, Sorry. I've happens. also been, Don't worry about it. I've also had really long days on set. Yeah. But, um, yeah. No, don't worry about it. So then let me also tell you about the the couple of, go ahead. Because Richard Belzer was one of the original hitmen, it just made me think of Christopher Maloney to just keep the law and order strand of the hitmen (laughs) being, being people that are on law and order. So like, if it were actually like Olivia Bent, like Mariska Hardigay and Chris Maloney as the hitmen. I mean, that would legitimately be funny. (laughs) <laughs> you want you want to make uh the two hitmen christopher maloney and mershka hargitay yeah done it's happening that's my that's my pitch i actually was trying to think of who would play jeffrey durkin who's one of my favorite roles who was jeffrey durkin remind me so he's he was one of the first customers and he's like this guy's got a prom tonight and he's like Hey, I'm Jeffrey Durkin. And he was played by Clint Howard, Ron Howard's brother, who shows up in a lot of Ron Howard works and then a lot Mm -hmm. of other things in a very famous Star Trek. But he goes, hey, I'm Jeffrey Durkin. 
And Michael Keaton shakes his hand and goes, you sure are. And then he's just like, come on. And he's just this dorky. I mean, he's meant to be in high school and I feel like he's 30 at the yeah. time. So the, it doesn't the, even the have to be high kid. school. Yeah, but just a weird, like a Patton Oswalt weirdo. <laughs> you want to put a 60 year old in high school. Huh? So not prom. This would be one of the Uber uh, people. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm saying for one... In the movie, I feel like Clinton Howard was not at all in high school. No. But he played, it technically was he was going to prom high school, something dumb. So not high school, but just a customer going somewhere exciting and just a, I don't know. I was just putting, I was just putting my friend Patton in there. Okay. That's fine. I just love Jeffrey Durkin. That's fine. It's also a great name. At that point, it's. It's the fun cameo, like exactly. The uh, so then the other, the only other like actor roles I had were the other couple of uh, women, and I had Yara Martinez and uh, Diane Guerrero. Yara Martinez oh. was on Jane the Virgin. She's on The Tick, and then I know D- Diane Guerrero has been was on. Um, uh, she's probably most famous for being on Orange Is the New Black, but I know her from Doom Patrol. Oh, I love yeah. Somebody showed me Doom Patrol. That was amazing. Yeah, it's great. I need to watch the second season. But yeah, just a couple other women uh, for that. Um, but really, what we should talk about now is our writer and director. I I went super uncreative and was just like, I would like to see Ron Howard remake his own movie in how he would okay. do it now. So, but I also that's, don't your, really... that's your director. Okay, so we'll talk about director first. I don't even think in terms of like who directs or writes movies ever. <laughs> Certainly not like un not as well known, you know, I wouldn't even, I feel like they're all people whose names I don't know. Well, my director is someone who I think will work for this version and your all female version. Oh, because she is the director of, uh, the spy who dumped me and she's the writer of book smart. Oh, so I went with Susanna Fogel. That's interesting because if it's a movie about, (laughs) prostituting women i felt like we should probably try to avoid the male gaze a little bit oh yeah no totally and so Um, that's why i I was like let's get a female director up in here susanna fogel that's interesting i always think of emily halpern as the writer of book smart but yes there's four people credited yeah and susanna fogel's done other stuff too but like i like her work on spy who dumped me book smart was written by Mm -hmm. a bunch of different women but like yeah that's kind of the idea yeah, I like giving it to a lady. I mean, theoretically, we could also give it to Olivia Wilde, who directed uh, Booksmart. Which Absolutely. Would work too. Yeah, totally. But but between, if you were to pick a lady director, who would you pick to direct uh, uh, Night Shift? I'm at the risk of saying like I I don't have those names in my head. I don't know. I don't. I can't. I don't. Then I would have just because I just punched in Booksmart and was like, oh, Olivia Wilde. That's great. Um, do you have a writer I don't know who writes movies I don't I don't I am a writer and that's the only writer's name I know I mean I'm perfectly happy to have us be the writers of we're we're gonna write new yeah Sam Gash nice you should go first alphabetically Uh, I feel like your name will bring in a little bit more clout than mine I like that I like that thought. Besides, <laughs> I don't think it's true, but I L don't think that's before S. 
Well, yeah, sure. People often alphabetize based on first names. Sure. I mean, it's directed by House, oh. called Laura. It's been directed by, or written by I'm, Laura House. I'm also like this. This is a like an annoying a thing about me that annoys me is I don't. It's not even like I've become this way. I don't have any kind of head for detail at all. So like I just I wish I had more like stars writers now i i'm like a fish in certain in certain ways so i was like uh for sure and for sure in the next day i'll go oh i'll have a million great answers i never expect anyone to kind of like be able to pull all of this stuff like out of thin air like i th- this was homework for me i spent time researching and going into all of this and finding these people yeah but it is such a it is such a good deep dive into like you know, obviously it's why you do it, but it really is such a cool deep dive into story, you know, storytelling and updating and structure. And then, you know, who would, who would play this? Like my thought for the prostitutes are like, I would, I would do like, um, and this is just me for my person, like, um, edification. I would put a ton of comedians in there. Like I would just put a lot of, you know, people and comedians, you know, like, yeah, yeah, comics I know in there. I, I agree like that, that I would absolutely try to do something like that. So like for me, this podcast is really like whenever I'm telling people about the show, it's all about like pitching story mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, we're, we, we just spent an hour and change breaking a movie. Yeah. And that, that's why at the end of the day, I'm perfectly happy making it written by Laura House and Sam Gash because essentially <laughs> sitting down yeah, and, it is, it is and interesting we to broke like this movie and now if we needed to sit down and actually write it, it would be a lot faster. So I don't know. That, that, that's how I see it. But yeah, for the moment, yeah. we, we've got our script. So let me take you through uh, our casting for Night Shift. Chuck is going to be played by Harvey Guyen. Bill is going to be Lauren Lapkus. Belinda Keaton will be uh, Natalie Morales. Charlotte Kugel will be Merritt Weaver. Some other women will be Yara Martinez and Diane Guerrero. Our hitmen are going to be Mariska Hargitay and Christopher Maloney. Jeffrey Erkin is going to be Patton Oswalt. All of this will be written and has been written by Laura House and Sam Gash and then directed by Susanna Fogel. That is Night Shift. Night Laura, Shift. you go see this movie? modern night shift yes absolutely well for one we'll be at the premiere for sure absolutely for sure but um yeah i i really do want to see a modern night shift with like what a a feminist stroke yeah and i i think and i think we should i think that i think it's the night shift we deserve yeah if not now (laughs) when exactly but we did it we podcasted laura tell everyone about like online presence if you want people to follow you on twitter that sort of thing yeah, Twitter and Instagram is at I'm Laura House, and I have a podcast called Will You Med With Me, where if you want to meditate, you can med with me. Oh, and I have a comedy album called Mouth Punch. It's on all the platforms. Good. Say the, say the name of the comedy album again. Mouth Punch. Amazing. Cool. If you want to follow me, I'm at Twitter at Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H. Or you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter, which is at Ideal Remake, or join us on Facebook, Ideal Remake or Ideal Remake Podcast. But the best thing you could do for my podcast or really any podcast would be to go online and uh, leave us a five-star review. If you're stuck working late and you, you have your own night shift, you know what? 
take some of that time and give it to us. It really helps uh, people find the show. And uh, I personally would really appreciate it. And um, I love you. But yeah, (laughs) so we did it. We remade Night Shift. So I will end with this. Laura, what is your favorite quote from the movie Night Shift? Uh, I was just about to start saying quotes. It's a nice goodbye quote. It's about a sandwich, sandwich not being good. <laughs> then there's a sand, then there's a dog, and he just goes, "You go home." Doberman runs the other way. Hi everyone, and thank you for sticking around till the end of the episode. I realized that I'd made a promise in the night shift episode that I had failed to deliver on, so I wanted to take a second and for everyone who stuck around till the very end, give you that. What I'd promised was, is that I would tell you all what my exclusively good place recasting of Night Shift would be. So I'm going to tell you what that is now. Chuck, the Henry Winkler character, would be played by William Jackson Harper. Cheaty. Obviously. The neurotic guy who learns to become less neurotic? How is that not cheaty? Bill, the Michael Keaton character, is clearly Manny Jacinto. It's just like... Kind of the frenetic character who genuinely turns out to be really sweet? Absolutely. Belinda Keaton? Kristen Bell? If anything, just because I appreciate the romance that you would have with Chidi again. And then Charlotte Kugel would be Darcy Carden, because Darcy Carden could totally pull off that kind of aggrieved wife who... I didn't realize... That it's a Kristen Bell-William Jackson Harper pairing and a Manny Jacinto-Darcy Carden pairing again, but you know what? I'm down for it. There weren't that many other ladies uh, to pull from for the other working women. Uh, However, Tia Sarkar would be an obvious choice to be included, and she'd be wondering why she wouldn't get to be kind of like the lead kind of character in the same way that Belinda Keaton is, so, you know, whatever. The hitmen would obviously be Jamila Jamil and Ted Danson, just because th- those two in suits with sunglasses going around wrecking shit? I mean, come on, where is that show right now? And then obviously all of this would be written by Michael Shore and then directed by Dean Holland. The Good Place maps so perfectly onto Night Shift, it's ridiculous. And unfortunately, that's why I had to not use any of them at all, because if I used one, I'd have to use all of them. It's just too perfect. But anyway, thank you for sticking around even longer in this episode. I hope you enjoyed this little extra Good Place bonus footage. Footage. Recording. Bye.